Hello and welcome to the Single Mothers by Choice podcast, the podcast that shares stories, science and removes the stigma around pursuing a family as a single woman, where we break down the research that might support your journey to fertility whilst normalising the scary stuff that comes with it. If you love it, feel free to share it, even like and review if you're feeling generous, and reach out to my socials and website in the show notes. I'm Amelia, a registered nutritionist and a recovering perfectionist and secret shamekeeper. So let's begin. In this episode, not only do I sound like I'm recording from a cave somewhere in the dark, I also talk about irregularities in the menstrual cycle and how we can support these with exercise and nutrition and some lifestyle changes. Let me first preface this podcast episode by highlighting that if you have regular periods, this is something that you should always speak to your doctor about first and foremost so that you get a diagnosis for the reason behind your irregular periods. Often we hold back on this. As women, we have often a history of potentially being ignored or our problems kind of being dismissed often at the doctor and that is and should not be the norm. So it's super important that we take ownership and advocate for ourselves when we have any issues with our menstrual cycle. And I am coming at this from a a registered nutritionist's perspective, but I am not a medical professional. And having irregular cycles, especially if you're going through the fertility journey, requires a medical professional. So that's the first most important thing that I want to say. And you need to understand the cause of your regular cycles in order to get support for your regular cycles. An irregular period or a regular cycle means that your cycle is not normal for you. So your cycle might show up early or late, heavier or lighter than usual, might not show up at all, or it comes randomly. And irregular cycles are quite normal at some point in our lives and it could be just because of transient changes in our lifestyles. So it might be that we are under a lot of stress at the moment. Or we could well indeed be pregnant, of course. But there may also be underlying issues. Maybe, for example, menopause. Or there may be something else going on. And in this podcast, I'm going to touch on some of the main reasons that I see for irregular periods. And how we can support them. Of course, if you are going through assisted reproduction, you will, of course, have this time for your cycle. But I don't really think that that's a reason to completely ignore menstrual cycle irregularities. I still think it's really important as people who menstruate that we get a clearer understanding of our own cycle and do whatever we can to make it as regular as possible. Now, that is not me saying that everyone has a choice here and... For some people, irregular cycles are an outcome of a specific health situation that we cannot control. So there is certainly no blame in this process. However, there are some controllables that are present that we can change and could potentially have a positive impact on our menstrual cycle and also on our potential for conception. Because the more we understand our menstrual cycle and the more regular our menstrual cycle, the better. And 
of course, it's also probably important to say that you can still be ovulating even if your cycle is irregular. Because I know some people listen to this podcast who are maybe going through their own fertility journey and it's not necessarily through assisted reproduction and you may well be struggling with your fertility. And it's super important to know that you can still potentially be ovulating. Not always, but you certainly can sometimes. So like I said, there are many reasons for transient fluctuations. And when I talk about these potential situations coming up, these are things that you need to speak to your doctor about first and foremost. So the three main reasons that I see for irregular periods are PCOS, polycystic ovary syndrome, hypothalamic amenorrhea, HA, and also simply being in a larger body. So I'm going to touch on each one of these and propose some strategies that you can use to support yourself. One thing that I would say is that often medical professionals, especially for hypothalamic amenorrhea, will prescribe the contraceptive pill. Now, of course, if you're trying to get pregnant, that is not going to be a solution for you anyway. But even if you are not and you are just trying to get a more regular cycle before maybe thinking about trying for pregnancy later, a little bit later on, the oral contraceptive pill is not regulating your natural menstrual cycle. What you get when you take your breaks in the contraceptive pill is a withdrawal bleed. Now that's not the same thing as having a regular menstrual cycle. So this is certainly not me saying that you shouldn't use the oral contraceptive pill if that is the right thing for you to do. But when you are looking at trying to restore a regular menstrual cycle naturally, then the oral contraceptive is, is probably not the right choice. Well, it's not the right choice for you. But I certainly don't want to demonise it because it can be helpful in certain situations. The other thing that I want to say is you should all know how regular your menstrual cycle is. You should all be able to answer the questions like, how regular are your menstrual cycles? How many days are your menstrual cycles? And what day do you usually ovulate on? And the best way to understand this is to use a menstrual menstrual cycle tracking app. So the one that I love to use is Natural Cycles, but there's also Clue and I think quite a few other menstrual cycle tracking apps. And it's less about just tracking your symptoms, although this is super important. So tracking your mood, and your hunger levels and your energy levels, super important. Also things like cervical mucus and any other symptoms you might have. But what's also really important is that you track your basal core temperature. So that is a temperature that you take in the morning. And the reason that's important is because it fluctuates throughout the month. So you tend to have a lower basal temperature in your follicular phase, and this creeps up in your luteal phase. And then as it drops back down again, your menstrual cycle will start. And that is due to fluctuating hormones that I can go into another day, should that be requested. So track your cycle. Super important if you have an irregular cycle. Let's start with PCOS. So polycystic ovary system system <laughs> syndrome is one of the most common causes of female infertility and it affects about 5 to 15% of people who menstruate of a reproductive age. But this health condition does actually continue beyond our childbearing years. So women with PCOS often will have other outcomes as well as irregular periods. 
So they are often they often experience insulin resistance, and so they have higher risk of developing type two diabetes. They also often will have higher levels of androgens, which are male hormones. I say male hormones; they tend to be found in men um, more than women at higher levels than women, should I say? Um, but in people with PCOS, they often have these higher levels of androgens, and these can stop the eggs from being released. So these can stop ovulation, but also they can cause things like our irregular periods, also thinning hair, excess hair growth, and acne. So these are some of the kind of side effects or the outcomes of PCOS that can be helped, can help you identify is this something potentially that I might be experiencing and I might have irregular periods, but do I have acne? Do I have thinning scalp hair? Do I have excess hair growth? Now, again, these are not exclusive and these are not, you're not going to potentially have all of these symptoms of PCOS should you have PCOS. And so how PCOS is actually diagnosed, usually, at least in the UK, is using the Rotterdam criteria. And now what this basically is, is there's three distinct diagnose, diagnoses or diagnostic criteria, should I say, that the your medical professional will look at and they'll say if you meet two out of the three of these, then they will tend to diagnose you with PCOS. And these three diagnoses or diagnosis criteria are hyperandrogenism, like I said earlier on, and this can be clinical or it can be biochemical, irregular periods, and polycystic ovaries. Now, it's super important to note that you can have polycystic ovaries but not have polycystic ovaries. You can have polycystic ovaries but not necessarily PCOS. So, I know people, for example, who have hypothalamic amenorrhea, which I will come on to, but they have also got polycystic ovaries. So, it doesn't mean a sure diagnosis of PCOS. PCOS can be lean or overweight. We have two distinct phenotypes and really the distinction between them is your BMI. So if you're in a larger body or your BMI is above 25, then you would be classed as having overweight or obese PCOS. And if it's below 25, lean PCOS. And this is actually super important because although some of the um, outcomes of PCOS are similar in these groups. The treatment might not necessarily be exactly the same, or the management, should I say, because we can't treat PCOS. We can't get rid of PCOS, but we can help to manage it. And through managing it, we hope that we can make or contribute to more regular periods. So how do we manage it? Now, if you are in a larger body, which is, for most people with PCOS, they tend to have um, the overweight phenotype but like I said not everyone if you are weight loss even at two to five percent of your body weight can bring improvements in menstrual cycle irregularities and fertility two, two to five percent so say for example you weigh 100 kilograms five percent of that so the higher end of that is five kilos so losing five kilos from 100 can bring improvements in your menstrual cycle and fertility so I can't emphasize enough that actually, although there are lots of things we can do here, weight loss is really, really helpful. And that comes from changing your habits as opposed to just 
you know, not eating carbohydrates for a week where you lose a lot of water weight in carbohydrate stores and you lose weight, that is not the same as fat loss. There's even more robust evidence that supports improved outcomes from ovulatory cycles and pregnancy at higher rates of 5 and 10% of total body weight loss. So even if we can get 10%, so that would be 10 kilos if you weigh 100 kilograms, will support potentially higher pregnancy rates. So weight loss is super healthy and that will be through a calorie deficit. On a baseline level, that's what we need for fat loss is a calorie deficit. And I spoke in the earlier podcast about fat loss, so you can go and listen to that. But other things specifically that are going to help with PCOS are, and now I'm talking about everyone here with PCOS now as opposed to just the overweight phenotype because if you have the lean phenotype of PCOS you don't want to be losing weight your goal should be maintaining weight and the reason for that is because dieting can add on an additional physical or psychological stress and actually that can be detrimental to your symptoms and your management of PCOS so if you have lean PCOS I urge you not to try and diet because it will impact potentially your menstrual cycle regularity and other outcomes Look at your stress management. Super, super important to look at your stress management. Make sure that you're exercising. Now, recommendations now for those with PCOS include things like resistance training because that is super helpful for insulin sensitivity. Some sort of HIIT training, again, really important for, for insulin sensitivity and also including yoga. Yoga can help with not only stress management but also body image and potentially even insulin sensitivity, although that data is a bit sketchy. Weight training as well will help with hyperandrogenism, so this higher than kind of quote-unquote normal androgen levels. So I cannot stress enough how important incorporating resistance training and some cardio work into your into your week is, is. It's so important, as well as if you can, getting in some yoga. Now, this doesn't have to be five times a week in the gym, five times a week doing hip training five times a week yoga like think of something that is feasible for you think about where you are right now and think what can I add in here what can I add in that just allows me just to do a little bit more than what I was doing other things myo-inositol four grams a day two grams in the morning two grams at night acetyl-L-carnitine two grams a day berberine but not when you are pregnant, not when you are going through your fertility treatment. Three times 500 milligrams a day. You may well also get medical support, so you may be prescribed metformin by your doctor, which can also help. But metformin acts quite similarly to what exercise and weight loss does. So I will do a whole podcast on PCOS if that is requested, But those are the things that you should be looking at if your irregular cycles are because of PCOS. If you have HA, on the other hand, HA, functional hypothalamic amenorrhea, is a common form of secondary amenorrhea and it results in estrogen deficiency and and it's only in uh, premenopausal women. It is reversible and that is what is amazing. This is treatable, this is reversible. Although some of the outcomes that come with HA, for example, low bone mineral density, aren't necessarily 
and more often than not are not reversible. So the longer you have HA, the more impact that it is going to have on your health. But we are looking at menstrual cycle right now. And what's awesome is that you can make your menstrual cycle more regular again. HA is usually caused by myriad things, psychological stress, excessive exercise, disordered eating, or a combination of these factors. And they tend to contribute to a low energy availability, i.e. how much energy a person has left over after exercise to carry out basic daily functions, physiological functions. And it results in the suppression of the HPO axis, the hypothalamic pituitary ovarian axis. And chronically low estrogen has huge impacts on uh, not only fertility and our menstrual cycle regularity, but also cardiac health, eh, psychological health, reproductive health, skeletal health. So it's super important that we manage this. And again, it should be diagnosed by your doctor because there are other reasons why you could be missing a period. So hypothalamic amenorrhea often will start with irregular periods, first of all, and then over time will often then um, end up with no periods whatsoever. Now that, So if you're starting to get irregular periods, it's a huge red flag. If you're someone who does a lot of exercise or does a lot of dieting. Now the treatment for this, Sometimes doctors will offer HRT if it's been a while since you haven't had your period. But things that you can do are getting to a calorie surplus, a consistent calorie surplus, not maintenance, surplus. Gain body weight, gain body fat. And it's important that you are gaining body fat. This is because of some of the hormonal things that changes that come with low body fat levels. We need to increase our body fat levels and often we have to increase our weight and our body fat levels beyond the levels of where we had our our period regularly before often people will regain their period and they think oh well i'm at the weight that i was at before so i should have my period no that sometimes we have to overshoot that the other thing you should be focusing on here again is stress management if you have irregular cycles stress management is super important stress contributes to this hpo axis and so we have to make sure we're managing that so again yoga is really helpful for this yoga is also really good in this situation because we want to reduce exercise as much as possible without causing additional psychological stress so some people say remove exercise completely i don't always say that sometimes i will because of the psychological benefit of exercise on the ETPHD team podcast, myself and Anna actually did a full episode on hypothalamic amenorrhea. So if you think that this is something that you might be struggling with, then I recommend you listen to that podcast. But again, you cannot get pregnant if you don't have your cycle full stop with HA. So super important that you pay attention to your regular cycle there. The third reason that you may have an irregular cycle is actually because you have um, large amounts of body fat stores and you are in a larger body which can of course sometimes come alongside PCOS and so that will still apply here but those who are in a larger body are just more likely to have a regular cycle than those with a healthy BMI 
Although more specifically, it seems to be more associated with central adiposity, so the fact that we store around our midsections, as opposed to peripheral adiposity, or indeed BMI. So it's that waist circumference, that's what's really important here. Now, there are a number of reasons for this. It could be related to insulin, estrogen, other hormonal changes, and some studies have actually suggested that the we get elevated um, free androgen levels, similar to, like I said, with PCOS, and depressed sex hormone binding globulin in people who are in larger bodies, who have uh, irregular menstrual cycles. So testosterone might play a role also. And again, the, the kind of quote-unquote treatment for this is very similar to PCOS in that regular exercise, regular physical activity, managing your stress and ultimately fat loss. And again, I know that fat loss can be daunting and scary, but I have done a podcast on it. I can do more podcasts on it again if it's requested. But if you have irregular periods and you have PCOS or you even don't have PCOS, but you're just in a larger body, fat loss is super important here. And I hate that body fat has to be such a kind of thing for people undergoing fertility treatment or trying to get pregnant in any way but we can argue with physiology and and it does actually matter but what's amazing is that you can do something about it you can identify the reasons that you maybe have struggled to lose fat in the past and you can tackle those you can get yourself into a calorie deficit in some way shape or form you can do exercise you can increase your physical activity and you can take ownership of that. It is tough. It can be tough. But what's cool again is that it's a choice in line with what you want. And what an amazing reason to pursue fat loss, to get your cycle more regular, to improve your chances of pregnancy. So this is not a fat loss episode. I'm not going to go into it. But I just really want to highlight that just because you are getting assisted uh, reproductive support does not mean that you don't want to understand your own cycle, know your own cycle and support yourself in any way that you can. So I really hope that this is more of a, okay, I can I can incorporate some of these things into my diet now or into my lifestyle now. And this is the thing, like I said, meet yourself where you are. If you don't do any exercise right now, think, okay, well, let me just include one time going to the gym this week and I'm going to go for a walk every day. Let's start there. Maybe you think, well, I'll go to a yoga class once a month. Let's start there. You don't have to go all in straight away because it will feel too much and you're much less likely to commit to something that is super hard long term. So let's start where you are. Download the app. Start tracking your menstrual cycle. Start understanding when you ovulate. Super important for all people who menstruate. If you'd like any more information about my coaching or consultancy services or education, then please visit www.emilia.fitness or my Instagram page at emiliathompsonphd or www.eiqnutrition.com.